study is called learning. Cutting off study is called nearness. Going beyond these two is considered real going beyond. A monk came forward and asked, what is real going beyond? Sean said, knowing how to beat the drum. Again he asked, what is the real truth? Sean said, knowing how to beat the drum. Again he asked, mind is Buddha. I'm not asking about this. What is not mind, not Buddha? Sean said, knowing how to beat the drum. Again he asked, when a transcendent man comes, how do we receive him? Sean said, knowing how to beat the drum. The Blue Cliff Record, or the Heikigan Roku, is a set of 100 koans or public cases of ancient events compiled by Secho in the 10th century. Appended to each historical anecdote are Secho's remarks and poetic verses, which clarify their meaning in the context of Zen practice. 60 years after Secho's death, Engo gave a series of commentaries elucidating, elucidating the original anecdotes and Secho's remarks and verses. The Blue Cliff Record is named after the abode on Mount Chia in Hunan, where Engo delivered these talks. An interesting legend involves the Blue Cliff Record in Dogen Zenji. After an extended visit to China for the purposes of studying Zen, on the night before he planned to return to Japan, Dogen came across the Blue Cliff Record for the first time. He stayed up all night making a handwritten copy of the book, known as the One Night Blue Cliff Record. <laughs> you like that, right? This manuscript is a treasured heirloom of the Soto sect and is housed at Daijoji Monastery in Japan. Dogen is thus credited with introducing the collection to Japan. Taisa Maizumi Roshi, in his 1976 introduction to the Thomas Cleary translation of the Blue Cliff Record, that's this book, everyone knows, quotes the following expression. Before attaining enlightenment, mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers. At the moment of enlightenment, mountains are no longer mountains and rivers are no longer rivers. But after accomplishing enlightenment, Mountains are mountains, and rivers are rivers. This expression deals with the heart of our practice, much, very much like today's koan. It also employs the same form of dialectic used extensively by Buddha in the Diamond Sutra, which we are studying in Sangha. Because mountains and rivers are not mountains and rivers, they can be called mountains and rivers. According to Maizumi Roshi, it's important to understand that mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers experience after enlightenment is not the same as before enlightenment. We cannot dispense with the mountains are no longer mountains and rivers are no longer rivers, which requires that we clearly realize our own true nature, the reason of and for our practice. Dogen Zenji, from his Bendoa, provides further clarification of this understanding. The endeavor to negotiate the way consists in discerning all things in view of enlightenment and putting such a unitive awareness into practice in the midst of the revaluated world. 
I'll come back to this quote a couple of times in this, in this talk. In light of this understanding, let us examine case 44 of the Heikigan Roku, Hoshan's knowing how to beat the drum. Master Hoshan was a 10th century Zen master who left home at the age of seven to study under the great Zen master Seppo, Pui Fang, a disciple of Tokusan and Dharma brother to Ganto. We will hear more about Seppo and Ganto later. When Hoshan came of age, he was ordained in Tang Dynasty era Chan Buddhism, Southern School of Enlightenment. This was before Renzai School, before the Soto School, in the tradition of the sixth patriarch, Wee Nang. He resided for a time at the Great Wisdom Temple on Hoshan Mountain, from which he took his name. In this koan, Hoshan's teaching, cultivating study is called learning, cutting off study is called nearness, and going beyond these two is considered real going beyond, comes from the Jewel Treasure Treatise. Also known as the Treasure Store Treatise, this short taisho is attributed to Seng Chao, an early 5th century disciple of the Majjhimika, or Middle Way School of Buddhism, founded by Nagarjuna, the 14th patriarch of Buddhism. According to Sen Chao, all dharmas come, arise, and pass away according to the chain of causality, thus revealing the illuminating power of not knowing. Nagarjuna is widely considered one of the most important Buddhist philosophers and is credited with, with developing the philosophy of the Prajnaparamita Sutra, and in some sources with having revealed these scriptures to the world. Central to Nagarjuna's philosophy is shanyata, or emptiness, which refers to the core understanding that all dharmas, including our essential nature, are empty of their own intrinsic nature, inherent existence, being, and substance. Nagarjuna stated that even our conditioned origination is emptiness. Since nothing has arisen without depending on something, there is nothing that is not empty. As practitioners, we each have an innate ability to perceive sunyata and must strive to experience and ultimately transcend this emptiness. According to Nagarjuna, his, the Mahaprajna Paramita Shastra, his definitive commentary on the perfection of wisdom, we are each endowed with five ways of viewing reality, of perceiving the selflessness of all dharmas. First, the physical eye. Physical eye perceives objects in the realm of desire and is obstructed and only perceives external aspects and cannot penetrate. Second, the divine eye. This is the cultivation of the physical eye through meditation. Perceives objects in the realm of form and only perceives those provisionally named things that result from the combination of causes and conditions and not their true emptiness. This view can be considered can be considered cultivating study. Third, the prajna eye perceives objects in the realm of formlessness and is free of all attachments because all common and differentiating characteristics are extinguished. The prajna eye is concerned with the truth of emptiness. This view can be considered cutting off study. Fourth, the dharma eye perceives objects beyond the realm of formlessness and discerns the myriad differences of all things. The Dharma eye is concerned with the truth of provisional reality. That is the Bodhisattva path of expedient means. The Dharma eye sees beyond emptiness 
to what advances liberation. Delusion and enlightenment are inseparable. As we chant, the absolute meets the relative like two arrows meeting in midair. And finally, fifth, the Buddha eye perceives the emptiness of all things and their underlying appearance and forges a middle path between these two, between the prajna eye and the dharma eye, whereby the doctrines of emptiness and dharma reality merge into the path of non-duality, no separation. This view can be considered real going beyond. These views express the principles of the three truths, emptiness, provisional reality, simultaneously, simultaneous existence of both and neither. This non-linear, non-temporal movement from delusion through enlightenment to non-duality is the fundamental teaching of this koan and the foundation from which all Zen Buddhism springs. To quote Dogen Zenji once more, the endeavor to negotiate the way consists in discerning all things in the view of enlightenment and putting such a unitive awareness into practice in the midst of the revaluated world. The main case is presented as a short Taisho by Hoshan, followed by a Dharma exchange between Hoshan and a monk. Hoshan's Taisho begins, cultivating study is called learning. This means to pursue knowledge intellectually. It consists of grasping at knowledge derived from outside ourselves. This is the view of the divine eye. This is the stage where we experience mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers that practice period where we audit our world to accumulate objective understanding. According to Haku and Zenji, cultivating study is inside the world, hearing of birth and death and nirvana and believing in them as substantial and independent things. Anything that comes to us through our senses is clouded by our perceptions and can create obstructions. Recall the words of Ganto, Dharma brother to Seppo and Hoshan's Dharma that which comes from outside the gate is not the family treasure. These words are part of an exchange that took place between Seppo and Ganto, which I will recount here. Both Seppo and Ganto were students of Tokusan. Seppo was the elder of the two, but Ganto, although younger in years, was Seppo's senior in the Dharma. Seppo was extremely serious in his practice, making exceptional efforts, but he had yet to come to true enlightenment. Ganto, for his part, was doing all he could to bring his Dharma brother to realization. Case 13 of the Gateless Gate, the Mulankan, Tokusan carries his bowls, recounts how Ganto attempted to bring Seppo to enlightenment. One day, the two monks went to pay a visit to Master Kinzan. On their way, they were overtaken by a blizzard and snowed in at Gozan, where they were forced to hold up for several days. During that time, Seppo devoted himself to arduous zazen from morning to night. Ganto, however, did nothing but sleep all day. When I stretch out my legs to sleep, there is neither falsehood nor truth. This famous saying aptly, aptly characterizes Ganto's attitude. Seeing Seppo sitting there in zazen the whole day, Ganto said to him, you look like the statue of Zizo on the, Jizo on the edge of town. Just what are you doing? Seppo said, I cannot, despite myself, come to peace in my heart. There is nothing I can do except continue sitting. Ganto said, is that so? 
then suppose you tell me just sort of what sort of experiences you've had up until now and what you've understood, and I'll check you on them. So Seppo began to relate how he had a flash of insight or attended a Zazenkai under so-and-so Roshi where he was struck by a particular word. He continued to recount his past experiences. Then Ganto said, haven't you ever heard that anything which comes from outside the gate is not the family treasure? You must bring each individual experience forth from your own heart and totally cover the earth. All this collected stuff is no more than dregs. Ganto warns us not to allow our practice to become rigid and formulaic, but to let our practice flow with things as they arise and not be obstructed by these dregs. Hoshan's teaching continues. Cutting off study is called nearness. This means to study until there's nothing to study. This is not cutting off of study in the intellectual sense, but rather in the sense of practice, whereby we open ourselves to our dependent nature and come to peace in our hearts, the peace that eluded Seppo in the previous story. This is the view of the Prajna. This is the stage when mountains are no longer mountains and rivers are no longer rivers. This is the realization that appearances are not characteristics, that all dharmas are empty of their own intrinsic nature, that we are codependently co-arising with the flow of the universe. According to Hakuin Zenji, cutting off study is beyond the world, neither rejecting birth and death nor seeking nirvana. Having penetrated the true nature of reality, that life and death itself is nirvana, neither rejecting nor seeking, this is a state of peaceful equanimity in all things. As Ganto said, you must, breach, you must bring each individual experience forth from your own heart and totally cover heaven and earth, thus removing all separation and expressing a deep state of unmoving merger. And that's the final part of Hoshan's teaching. Going beyond these two is considered real going beyond. Going beyond cultivating and cutting off. This means that not one other thing is set up anywhere in the entire universe. No discrimination between cultivating and cutting off, between delusion and enlightenment, and between separation and merger. The real going beyond is that with which both transcends and ultimately includes and expresses all duality. This is the view of the Buddha, whereby the doctrines of emptiness and Dharma reality merge into the path of non-duality. This is the stage where after accomplishing enlightenment, mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers. We are no longer controlled by objects, including a self or a being or a dharma or a mind. We can finally see and know what is real, the impermanence and interdependence of all things. We can finally move freely within our own lives. As Ganto implies, the entire world of objects is neither false nor true. When we think of the world of objects as true, we blind ourselves to its illusionary nature. When we think of the world of objects as false, we blind ourselves to its usefulness. It is this simultaneously transcendence of duality and expression in duality that is the real going beyond, the bodhisattva way. <clears throat> Just as Buddha told Manjushri, live in the world beyond the world, live in the dust beyond the dust. This is the ultimate dharma, the real, going beyond. With Hoshan's teaching now complete, the monk presses the master to reveal what his teaching of the real going beyond 
actually means. The monk asks, what is the real going beyond? He asks, what is the real truth? He asks, mind is Buddha. I'm not talking about this. What is not mind, not Buddha? And finally he asks, when a transcendent man comes, how do we treat him? The monk is probing the idea of real going beyond, but Hoshan's answer is opaque and leaves no trace, knowing how to beat the drum. The answer points back to each question. Hoshan is holding us right to it. Four times he brings us back to knowing how to beat the drum. But how can we use this knowing how to beat the drum? Engo calls it knowing how to beat the drum, flavorless words, flavorless speech. Tenkei Zenji calls knowing how to beat the drum a transcendent, inconceivable door of teaching, just as is. Yamada Roshi describes knowing how to beat the drum as the absolute manifestation of no reasoning left, the exhausted state from which the world of not one thing truly emerges. But what is it? What does it mean? Is it a sound? Is it an action? Is it everything in the universe? Is it no thing at all? Do the words knowing how to beat the drum even matter? Well, in typical Zen fashion, the words are a pointer. The knowing in knowing how to beat the drum is embodied knowing. This refers to that characteristic of our Zen practice where we rely on our innate power, jiriki, to merge both self and other to cut out the extra, to experience directly, to realize our co-created, co-dependent nature. The how in knowing how to beat the drum is simultaneously, simultaneously transcending self and other and expressing self and other right here, right now. This how is the real going beyond. No gap between yourself and your life. Maizumi Roshi challenges us to close the gap between yourself and yourself because mountains and rivers are not mountains and rivers. They can be called mountains and rivers. We come out the other side of absolute merger back into a duality which we know through direct experience to be empty and changing, but with which we must engage to manifest our bodhisattva vows. In the dust and mess of the world, we express Buddhahood in each moment as authentically and appropriately as we can. This is our practice, to forge a middle path whereby emptiness and Dharma reality merge into the path of non-duality, into the path of no gap. This embodied knowing and knowing how to beat the drum is authenticity. It is our connection to the natural flow of the universe, which is us is our connection to the energy that pervades all things, that moves and animates all phenomena of its own accord, of which we are a part. The reality, the flow to which we are born, the inescapable, authentic connection to my life. The how in knowing how to beat the drum is appropriateness. That gapless understanding acquired through merger of what each situation requires and calls for how Buddhahood is manifested in each moment. This is where we, as Bodhisattva, continually reinvest in the world and dedicate ourselves to the liberation and enlightenment of all beings. Knowing how to beat the drum, right here, right now. Again, 
For the third time, as Dogen Zenji remarks, discerning all things in view of enlightenment and putting such a unitive awareness into practice in the midst of the reevaluated world. In knowing how to beat the drum, we realize directly the how, how we engage the world, how we express Buddhahood in each moment, how we manifest our Bodhisattva vows, how we beat the drum. So, uh, at the past session at, at Daibosatsu, illuminated knowing how to beat the drum for me in a very personal way. The week before the session, my life seemed more complicated than usual. Work was difficult, my son Francis was visiting from Ohio, my wife Kim was experiencing some medical issues, and Sashin was about to take me offline. You know, many times I thought I'd just cancel, right? It's all too much. I'm sure we all felt this way from time to time. But I thought to myself, you know, this is my life, all of it. What else is there? So I attended to everything wholeheartedly, resolved what could be resolved, delegated what could be delegated, and with hugs and kisses led for the, left for Daibosatsu. But one item remained open, the timing of a specific medical procedure Kim was required to undergo. When I arrived at Daibosatsu, I resolved to call home to monitor the situation. Uh, with the help of General Roshi and the Zendo staff, I was able to call out during breaks. My session was going very well. My sitting was strong and I was deepening in my practice. Everything was fine and to my surprise, the call homes were not disrupting my samadhi until Saturday morning when I was forced to leave Sashin to be with Kim. Uh, the decision to leave Sashin was very sudden and difficult, but it was simple. Uh, there was no gap. No gap when I left home, no gap when I left Sashin. No gap here means being free to change, free to adjust to the challenges of life and not be fixed and rigid, free to flow. No gap, knowing how to beat the drug. You might say, but Daibo, wasn't it simple to leave Sashin to be with Kim who needed you? Sure it was, but it's not the leaving that's important here because there's no coming and going, there's just here and now. It's the how. This is where we must place our trust. Now, now I don't mean how as did I tell the right people, did I return my robe, did I fill the coffee pot, you know, did I make sure I had a replacement for sari? You know, these were important considerations that I had to attend to, um, you know, to maintain good relationship with my sangha uh, and meet my obligations. Uh, and I am fortunate enough to have all you people here who understood my situation, and I thank you all for that. Um, but the how I mean here is no gap. No gap in my life, no gap in the way things are, knowing how to beat the drum. You know, we have all spent this ongo practicing the theme of sangha. Many of us have been working on building bridges of trust and communication with each other, coming to the dojo with no makeup on, as we say, just as we are, sharing our angle experiences on the community forum. Um, the Japanese expression, memitsu no kafu, comes to mind. Uh, it means intimate family style. So a sangha animated by this principle is characterized by deep attention to the connections among people and things. And it is this connection that largely animates our Zen training, both inside and outside the training hall. This intimate family style was truly manifesting for me at Daigosatsu and enabled me to know how to beat the drum without obstruction when I had to. 
During this angle, we've also been studying the Diamond Sutra. The Sutra challenges us in the same way that knowing how to beat the drum challenges us, to explore the how. It presents us with a state where we rest in things just as they are, emancipating us from the fundamental ignorance of experiencing reality not as it is. Obaku Wangpo says, most people allow their minds to be obstructed by the world and then try to escape from the world. They don't realize that their mind obstructs the world. Obaku's statement sums up the dilemma of not seeing things as they are. You know, we all have the tendency to become attached to things, behaviors, and ideas, to give them shape, form, reality, a suchness they do not inherently have. We see the family treasure outside the gate, resting in our habitual tendencies and behaviors. We let these attachments arise, obstruct us, and separate us from ourselves. But these are self-made thoughts, formulations of the mind, which prompt emotions. Emotions predominantly fear, fear of losing things. I could easily have feared leaving session to go home and carry it with me. I could have easily feared home, leaving home for session and carried that with me. Catastrophizing, I think, is the psychological term. <laughs> Creating a self-made construct of thoughts and emotions driven predominantly by fear manifesting the worst possible outcome. Formulations of the mind taken as substantial and real. This is living in the gap of my own creation. Thinking about all the bad things that can happen and not living in what is actually happening. So the conservative approach could have been to skip Sashin altogether and to save myself a lot of trouble and gas. But that would have been compartmentalizing my life and discriminating the right thing to do, the easy thing to do, the thing I want to do, not the authentic thing, knowing, or the appropriate thing, how, to do. As Joshua famously quotes the third patriarch, the ultimate path is without difficulty, just avoid picking and choosing. The ride back home in the car was very frenetic. But I do remember one thing most vividly. As I was leaving the Daibosatsu grounds, my thoughts were all over the place, and I was worried that I was going to wreck the car. <laughs> but, but a simple thing happened. A porcupine slowly crawled, walked out of the woods, across the road, right in front of my car, and forced me to stop and wait. I watched the porcupine cross the road. He looked at me and then disappeared into the woods. That was enough to get me out of my own head and back into right here, right now, releasing me from the negative thoughts that kept me living in the gap between my life and myself. That porcupine freed me to flow with the situation without being attached to the negative thoughts and not wrecking the car. To live in the world beyond the world, to live my life directly, to do what I had to do, safely drive the car and get home. As Obaku states, the fool gets rid of phenomenon and not the mind. The wise gets rid of the mind and not phenomena. I was liberated from the fear and attachment of how I thought things could be. I trusted in myself and my practice, and for a moment, I was freed from the anxiety associated with holding on to my way, my view, my fears. I could live in the how of no gap. So when we operate in the how of no gap, practice becomes living, living becomes flowing, flowing becomes doing. The real going beyond, knowing how to beat the drum, 
seeing with the Buddha eye. Knowing how to beat the drum means coming right to the point, right here, right now, without any mediating thoughts, nothing between you and the state of absolute reality of your life. Knowing how to beat the drum means assessing the situation, cultivating study, mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers, merging with arising conditions, cutting off study, mountains are no longer mountains, rivers are no longer rivers, and through emptiness, fully engaging non-dualistically with the Dharma reality of life, going beyond, real going beyond, mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers. To plan and organize is important. To have goals and structure in our lives is important. To dream and aspire is important. But don't be careless. Sometimes knowing how to beat the drum can be as simple as recognizing and expressing that the sweet is sweet and the bitter is bitter. There is a verse related to the case, and I asked Benji to read it. This is a three-foot-long black snake. A long time ago, it became a kampura flower on Mount Girakutra, and on Mount Shorin, it had become a plum blossom. Sometimes it transforms into a dragon and swallows heaven and earth. Sometimes it transforms into a diamond sword with freedom to kill and give life. <coughs> right now, in accord with the order of my teacher, it lies in my hands. I feel like a mosquito trying to bite an iron ball. However, being assigned as head trainee, I have to fulfill my duties. Now, you dragons and elephants in this Dharma hall, confront me. 
in Dharma combat. Benji, you go first. Attention. So this monk notes that Buddha mind is not what he's asking about. He's asking about non-Buddha mind. So this monk is asking about a duality. Does he understand how to beat the drum? Which duality are you referring to? I'm not referring to any duality other than the point that the monk was making. Well, Haku and Zenji says, don't worry about not mind, not Buddha. It's not important. Thank you for your answer. May your life go well. Attention. How does Nitro beat the drum? <laughs> Nitro listens more. Like that? Sometimes. Sometimes listening means. Thank you for your answer. May your life go well. as to the mountains and rivers not being mountains and rivers is that because we're looking at objects and we're naming them and the Dharma mind is saying it could be anything and we're just labeling it it's the gap right it's all about the gap like there's a gap right, right. when we're not when you and I are not completely focused, and here, right here, right now, there's a gap. I'm thinking of you, I'm looking at your hair, you're looking at my hair, you're looking at my outfit, I'm looking at your outfit, I'm saying, what's this guy doing here, what's he doing here? But when we're like this, there is no gap, right? For us, there is no me and you right now. There is just this. There's just our communication. There's just this. There's just this moment. What else is there? May your life go well. Attention. How do I practice no gap? Who's practicing? What is no gap? How can you practice no gap? 
so where do I go next? Maybe back to your seat. Thank you for your answer. <laughs> May your life go well. experiencing states of persistent anxiety? Well, how do you approach your anxiety? Anxiously. Yeah? <laughs> well, I suggest you get a porcupine and let that porcupine walk around the house, right? And then you can watch the porcupine, right? And get out of your own head, maybe. Because that's the gap. There's you and there's your anxiety, right? There is no gap. Your anxiety is you, you are your anxiety. That's practicing, that's knowing how to beat the drum. No separation. May not be the most comfortable situation. It's not comfortable anyway. But what is comfortable? Is it you? Tell me what's comfortable. What's comfortable is no gap. Yeah, but no gap can be very uncomfortable. It's still more comfortable. <laughs> it's real. Right, but real can be hard. Yes. Right? So how does the porcupine help? Well, the porcupine gets you out of your own head. It gets you out of the gap. It gets you out of the uh, distance. Yeah. Right? It makes you stop. There's a, there's a saying, I think, that the military use it, and it's survivalists use it, and it's called when you're trying to go through life unseen, right, stealth. They say stop, look, listen, smell. And then if you do those four things, you'll know what to do next. So that's the porcupine. Stop, look, listen. I couldn't smell them though. My windows were closed. <laughs> Thank you for your answer. May your life go well. How would you know how to beat the drum without causing other harm, such mm -hmm. as like when you are no gap with anger or with anxiety, for example, cause no harm to yourself or others. Well, that's the trick, right? Right. Right? That's the, that's the appropriateness part of how. Right? Because think about it. You can be authentic. You can do the most authentic thing possible. Right? But, like you say, it can hurt people. 
right? So the trick is to go through life, because we go through life in a state of not knowing, we never know, right? We think we know, but we don't, right? We never know. Because we're always going through life in a state of not knowing, we have to try to minimize, as Genki Roshi used to say, the collateral damage that we inflict on the world, or our collateral karma damage that we make, right? Because we're always gonna make it, right? But the practice of no gap, the practice of knowing how to beat the drum, is, is cultivating the knowledge, right? Understanding the situation, knowing who the players are, who the people are, what their situations are, becoming one with that situation, right? Through, through a real sense of trying to get close, in, in, listening. Stop, look, listen, smell, right? All that, you know, with our senses. And then beating the drum as appropriately as possible, knowing that we'll never be perfect. And allowing it not to be perfect. And allowing it not to be perfect. Right? I think, uh, Kim, you used to say this, right? Practice, not perfection. Thank you for your answer. May your life go well. Attention. Stop, look, smell. Listen, Listen smell. smell. Aren't the senses supposed to be distracting for us? Well, if you don't realize that they are distractions, right? See, that's, that's the whole point about mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers, mountains are no longer mountains, no longer rivers, and mountains are mountains, rivers are rivers again. It's what Ganto says. When I stretch out my legs, it's neither true nor false. See, the whole point of this koan is what Dogen Zenji said, is to come through enlightenment and understand that we're in the mess of the world and look at that revaluated world and understand that things are not gonna be perfect. But we have to use our senses. We can't not use our senses. But we can't rely on them as the absolute end all, right? How do we do that? Well, it's the no gap, right? It's when, uh, it's when I meet you, you know, all the things that I know about you come along with you, right? All the things that you know about me come along with me. So when I see you, right, normally what we would do is we would fill in all the blanks and uh, I know who you are, you know who I am, and then we would just go on. But the only real you that there is is this you right here, right? This is the you that I have to have no gap with. This you right here, right? And then afterwards, once I've experienced this, the no gap, the no gap of us, once we've experienced that, then we can go through and then we can, you know, fill in the blanks a little bit, knowing that maybe the blanks are all not right, you know? But we have to use what we have. We have to use our senses. We have to use our thoughts, our past, our present, our dreams, our future. We have to use all those things. We can't deny them, right? But we have to know that they, they can obstruct us, right? They can, they can be things of our own minds that we give uh, life to, right? So that's what we have to be careful of. That's why living in the how, the no gap, means this, 
you and me, right here, right? This is, this is it. This is all there is. Does that make sense? Thank you for your May your life go well. Attention. Uh, some of what you said today reminded me of the comment you made when we were hiking the other day. Why do we place so much importance on going to Dadosatsu when, in theory, somebody's apartment or house would be just as suitable for deepening our practice? Then we talked more about how kind of the, the setting of it can help put us in a space to, to take it more seriously. And I think some of what you mentioned of being able to mind the gap when it came time to decide to leave, to go, was no different than some of the things that we experienced during the, the times we were there, whether it was preparing coffee or you know, sitting upright or what have you. And I think that as you know, it's very appropriate for this Ango study, uh, being the Sangha, I think through Sangha, we can mind the gap. And during those practices, when we're all together, it can be a lot easier to do that, and it can be a lot easier to, to know how to beat the drum. So I guess to put it another way, how do we know how to beat the drum without the stage? Well, I could, we could have this conversation about me holding the stick, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need the stick, right? You know, we don't need, we don't need the room, you know? Mm -hmm. we, we, can, we don't need any of these things. These things are pointers, mm -hmm. right? You know, just like the koan is a, is a, is a pointer. You know, I, I like to look at koans as, um, do you remember in high school? High school is the best example, where you get the textbook and then they'd have like those questions at the end of the chapter, you know, test your knowledge, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I kind of see life as the textbook and the koans as the test your knowledge questions at the end of the chapters, right? So we, we don't need these things, right? But they're tools, they help us, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and we all know, you know, meditating at, at Daibosatsu, mm -hmm. you know, especially the first day when there's absolute silence, mm -hmm. you know, you, you don't hear the truck backing up, you don't hear, you know, the, just absolute silence. And in that room, it's just, it's, it, it's helpful, mm -hmm. right? So we don't need those things to, to know how to beat the drum. Mm -hmm. All we need to know is to pay attention. We need to pay attention to our lives and not live in the gap, right? Mm -hmm. To pay attention to what's going on, right? To, to really what's going on, not what we think is going on, right? And I know that that's difficult because emotions come into play, like we were saying, emotions, all kinds of things come into play and they can obstruct us. But look at what's really going on and, and, and strip away the extra, as Roshi always says. Strip away the extra. That's how you know how to beat the drum. Is it? Is that also how we can recognize the usefulness and not be taken by it and use it as a crutch? Yeah, if you're not attached to it, if you're not attached to things. You know, one thing that you can ask yourself is in your practice, um, what would happen to me if I had to give this up? Like, now. Get rid of it. Right? 
see what your level of attachment is, right? If you say, well, you know, I, I, I don't think I could do, um, you know, Zen study without at least two session at Daibosatsu, I just have to have those, you know, then it's probably, you know, obstructing you, right? You're probably hooked on that. In the beginning, it was more simpler for me. How can I meditate without a pillow? <laughs> or a chair, bed, yeah. <laughs> anything, yeah. Thank you for your answer. May your life be well. Attention. How's beating up the drum help Daibo with the anguish of your past? Well, you know, past is a past, right? So, you know, what are you going to do about it? If past is a past, how do you remember how to beat the drum? Well, you, you don't remember how to beat the drum. You beat the drum. Just out of thin air? You beat the drum. Well, what else can you do? If you think about beating the drum, then you're thinking about beating the drum. Right? And what's the drum? What do you think the drum is? Everything that's coming into count, coming encounter at this time. Explain. Everything is a drum. Everything is a drum. Like what? Everything. Points on that. Talking to Daibo, okay. sitting here in this Zazen Kai today. Is this stick to drum? Stick maybe a snake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but look at the um, look at the uh, the um, the verse where it says, Mitsugin, can you just move on a little bit? Yeah. How could this equal Hoshan's knowing how to beat the drum? You know, you have the three things, one holds rocks, one moves earth, you got the, the bow, you have seppo rolling balls. How can this equal Hoshan's knowing how to beat the drum, right? Hoshan's talking about something deeper, right? Hoshan is, he's talking about things, he's talking about Dharma reality, but he's also talking about emptiness at the same time. So how can those things equal Hoshan's knowing how to beat the drum? You know, it's just a little bit deeper, right? It's just a little bit deeper. It's like the Dogen quote that I, I keep quoting. It's like everything, you have to view everything through enlightenment, right? Everything through the no gap, through the merger, you know? But you can't live in the no gap, right? Like you and I just can't sit here like this staring at each other all day, right? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> But, you know, we can, we can feel this connection, right? And then we can go into our lives and bring that connection with us. Because this connection that we have, that's the same connection as you having with anything else. It's just, it's not reserved strictly for me, right? It's for anything. See, it's that connection, it's to no gap. If you can have no gap with me, you can have no gap with anything. And when you have no gap with anything, there's no gap, right? And then when you have no gap, you can use things. You know, you can use things because you, you understand that things are illusionary, but you understand that if I open this fan and I fan myself, it's, I'm still going to cool myself down. But it's a fan, it's not permanent. It's going to probably, you know, be in the darks sometimes. You know, turn into something else. Thank you for your answer. Attention. It seems to me that um, beating the dr um, escaping the gap is a prerequisite of being the drum if you are not already um, clear. 
Uh, what if, how do you escape the gap if you know, if you have no porcupine yeah. and you know to stop and smell okay. and all those things you mentioned? Well, let's talk about the gap. How do you make the gap? Drifting from what is, um, what is real or what is um, present. So give me an example of, of something in your life where you, where you have a gap between, um, can, can you? I was thinking more along the lines of maybe a person that cannot focus because they're so distracted by a, a need for maybe food or for, uh, um, they cannot be free because they are tethered to something else. Right, but if, if you, you absolutely need food, then getting then food is knowing how to beat the job. Yes, I you agree. Gotta get food. I agree. Um, so, but what will get you, so another example, maybe a better one would be um, work, commuting. Um, being able to be free and That's be present in that. That's a perfect example, because I commuted to Manhattan for 20 years. I just started. Hour and a half in, hour and a half out, right? So, so what's your relationship with your commute? It's, um, it's uh, I find that I read, rest. Um, it's actually pretty good relationship with my commute so far. Right. Um, but, because I am going to work, I still, and have a necessity to complete this, I feel that I'm in the gap because I'm not free because I'd rather be doing something else. What, what would you rather be doing? Swimming in the ocean. <laughs> you know, there are guys that live in Hawaii that like live on the beach and surf all day and they don't have jobs. You could do that. It's not for me. Yeah. It's called being a bum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, see, the thing is, is that when you get on, you take the train, when you get on the train and you sit on the train, that, that's what you have. You have that. So, an example of, of a gap would be, like you say, if you really wanted to be doing something else and you didn't want to be doing the train and all you did was complain about the train and the train sucks, I hate this, why do I have to do this, wish I could tell a commute. Right? That's a gap. But if, if you're engaging with your commute, that's why I asked you what your relationship with your commute is. And you said, yeah, I like it. You know, I get to sit, I get to read, I can sleep, you know, I can do stuff. You know, then, then there's no gap there. Because you and your commute, that, that's what you are. That's what you're doing. You know? Does that make sense? Thank you for your answer. May your life go on. Just um, thinking of uh, mountains and mountains, rivers and rivers, I just wanted to, you know, make an observation that when, and uh, you know, uh, Jason was saying about um, uh, how do you keep 
beating the drum when you're not in diet or bozazzo because right. that's one of the challenges for me. That's why I, I like going there because when I go there, I have nothing pulling me in any all these different directions. I'm there and I'm there for a purpose. Right, right. right. So when you, no, it's a little bit easier when you have your support in the community are there and you're there for a purpose. You have yeah. somebody cooking for you, right. <laughs> somebody yeah. doing everything, you know, pretty much. So it's, I could see that it's a, a little bit easier for me to experience uh, no gap, yeah. you know. And uh, besides, I was sitting in the middle of two mountains, <laughs> which was like <laughs> grounding me. I felt like a mountain here and a mountain here and that was the river, you know. So it was very supporting. But when you leave, that was uh, the challenge. When right. I come back, and then I hear you, how attached are you to Daifosatsu in your practice, right? Yeah. And how is that, you know, keeping you from beating the drum once you come back home? Right. Well, that's my dilemma. Okay. How do I beat the drums right. when I don't have two mountains on either side of me supporting my practice? And, you know, everything else is getting in the way, you know? Right. All, all different responsibilities, you know? So. Well, so, so Dogen Zenji says continual practice, right? Continual practice. So every experience is an opportunity to practice, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when you're at, or when we're all at Daiwasatsu, it's designed for that outcome, right? It's specifically designed to instill those emotions and that feelings of serenity and, and you know, whatever you experience when you're there. It's specifically designed to do that. But life is not designed to do that. <laughs> so when we're at Daibosatsu and when we're sitting on the mat, you know, um, Roshi Genki used to call it a laboratory. It's a laboratory, right? We're in the lab, we're working on ourselves. You know, we're working on our practice, right? And then, when you're done, it's time to get up and go out into your life, mm -hmm. right? Right? Which is not, which is the same as what we do here. Um, and it's the same as Daibosatsu, but not as designed to instill a certain ease of practice, right? So, Take, what, take that feeling, take what you get on the mat, all that you do on the mat, all you do in the laboratory, and bring it into the real world. Bring it to the guy at the gas station. You know, bring it to the people at work who bother you. you know, bring it to you know, every situation, every situation, because that's all we have. It's like the commute. All we have is what we're doing at that time. So, and, and these are all tools, the stick, the fan, you know, the altar, daigosatsu, the lake. They're all tools that we can use to help deepen our practice. Just as, you know, going to the gas station or going to the grocery store. They're just not as sexy. It's not the same walking into the grocery store as walking into this place, let me tell you. <laughs> and, and it's supposed to be that way because this place is designed to help you do the things that you do here at the grocery store, right? 
So then, the, then I would say that the then the practice for me or the challenge for me was to, just to fall back to that uh, what I call bait on the cushion and bring it along with me everywhere I go. And then I'll be beating the drum. If you could, I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> I don't know if it's possible to stay. Uh, well, I guess I guess it is, but it would be it would be tough, right? Um, or a little glimpse of it here. I should practice more. Pra what's, what, what's practice? Sitting in the cushion and trying to cultivate what I need to take with me. I think what you need to practice is going <laughs> to the grocery store. I think that's what you need to practice. <laughs> you're right, actually. <laughs> Thank you for your answer. I do have to go there. May your life go well. <laughs> Is it the London Underground that has Mind the Gap? Mind the Gap, that's right. <laughs> um, is there any difference between knowing how uh, to beat the drum and beating the drum? Well, it's a, it's a question of authenticity and appropriateness, right? Um, and it's a question of both and, and neither. Um, Knowing how to beat the drum, both are important, right? You have to know, right? Because you're in a situation and that has to be real. It has to be real, right? It has to be authentic. And then the how has to be appropriate. Like, well, what's an example? You know, let's say you go to um, Avery Fisher Hall and you see a uh, symphony concert, right? And it's after the first movement. And you know how it gets, everybody stops? And then you're never supposed to clap, right? And then the second movement starts. Like something that may be really authentic would be to stand up and start clapping. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys are great, right? That would be authentic, could be, right? But it's not appropriate, right? So the question is beating the drum and knowing how to beat the drum are really the same in terms of the action. But it's the, it's the outcome that's different. It's the appropriateness and the authenticity that I think are the nuances that we need to keep in mind, right? And that's where the no gap comes in. That's where, you know, really being in tune with your situation and not with what you think the situation is. Um, so, so I guess an example of just beating the drum without knowing how to beat the drum would be to go into a situation and just do something. You know, uh, I get to beating the drum. It could be authentic, maybe not. Could be appropriate, maybe not. But, but what I think this koan talks about is is those stages of perception and attentiveness and listening and being engaged deeply with what's happening in your life to you. And then that gives you the ability to know, first off, and then the how to beat the drum. And beating the drum, as we've talked about, is the circumstance, the situation, the thing, what you're doing. Um. Well, <laughs> thank you for your May your life go well.
Attention. What is the difference between beating the drum, or knowing how to beat the drum, and washing your bowls? I don't know. What do you think? I'm asking you. Knowing how to beat the drum and washing your bowls. So there's a story about that. So Tokusan, right? So it's case 13, right? So Tokusan's coming down. He's, he's old at this point, right? And he's got his two bowls, you know, he's got his dinner bowls. And he comes down. And Seppo, who was one of his students, and I don't know if Seppo was Tenzo. I don't think so. I think he was in charge of, like, beating the, uh, beating the, um, the bell to come to dinner. So, you know, Tokusan comes down. He's kind of shuffling. He's sort of old. He comes down. And Seppo says to him, we haven't rung the bell yet. Right? So Tokusan just kind of turns around and goes back to his room. Right? And um, so Seppo goes to Ganto. He says, um, you know, that Tokusan's getting older. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. Right? And then, and then uh, Ganto sort of develops a whole scheme with Tokusan to try to bring Seppo to enlightenment. Gives him a koan inside the koan. But the point is that Knowing how to beat the drum, Tokusan knew how to beat the drum, right? He came down, Seppo said, it's not time for dinner yet, just turned around, went back. So you ask, what's the difference between knowing how to beat the drum and washing your bowls? Um, you know, washing your bowls can be as authentic and appropriate as anything. So would you say they're interchangeable? In terms of words? In terms of actions. Well, I would think that your engagement can be interchangeable. The words are just words. They're just pointers, right? But it's, it's, is, there, is there no gap, right? When you're washing your bowls, are you washing the bowls? You know, when you're beating the drum, are you beating the drum, right? So, you know, when I'm holding the stick, am I holding the stick? You know, am, am I holding it? Am I really holding it, right? Or am I just kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, you know? So I think the notion of no gap is interchangeable. Mm. The words are, they're different. They're different things. It's a drum and bolts. Mm. Thank you for the answer. May your life go well.
but at the grocery store, you know, I, I'm just nice to people, right? When I go up to the cashier, I, I really engage with the cashier. I talk to her, right? And I make her feel like that, you know, that I'm connecting with her, right? Because, you know, a lot of people don't do that, right? And she doesn't know. She doesn't know that she's beating the drum. She's, she's doing her, you know, checkout, right? So uh, the example, you know, one of the, 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 the keys, I think, um, would be kindness, right? To show people kindness, to show them, you know, through your actions that there is no gap, that you're fully engaged with them. You know, they used to say about Bill Clinton, right? When Bill Clinton would walk into a room and he would talk to someone, he made you feel like you were the only person in the world, right? And that's why he was such a successful politician. Now, that's a little bit different than what we're talking about, right? But the, the notion of creating no gap with someone or something, right, is the example. That's how you help people who don't know, is to show them what it is to the best of your ability, you know, without a lot of collateral damage. <laughs> May your life go off. One more. What would you do with somebody who wants to beat your drums or wants to tell you you would be the wrong way? <laughs> so, so I, well, I like to tell people they're beating the drum the wrong way all the time, right? And the, the, where I do it the most is when I'm driving, right? <laughs> everybody, everybody have this experience? Um, I am, I am a particularly harsh driving critic, right? So even though people are doing their thing, they're doing the best they can, they drive, nobody wants to get into an accident, right? Unless you're a lunatic. But nobody wants to get into an accident, nobody wants to cut people off, nobody, nobody really wants to do that, I don't think. You know, there may be exceptions. But, you know, for the most part, people are doing the best that they can, right? So. When I, when someone, when I feel that someone cuts in front of me and I immediately have that reaction, right? I'm creating a gap, I'm, I'm making up a gap, right? I'm making up reasons in my head why the guy did that. Doesn't he know who I am? Why did he cut out in front of me like that, right? When really, I'm not even on that guy's radar screen, right? That, that person or that woman, that man or whatever is doing something that has nothing to do with me. Right? So, so they're beating their drum. They may be doing it authentically, may, may not be so appropriate, but you know, they're beating their drum. So how is it for me to tell them that they should be doing it a different way? You know? Well, maybe the police should pull them over and tell them they can't drive, right? But um, the, the point is that Back to what we were talking about, the example, 
you can you can you can help people through your example to show them how you beat the drum, right? Rather than telling someone that they're not beating the drum right, show them how you beat the drum. But somebody says you are beating the wrong way to yeah. them. What someone says to you, like I say what, to you. What would you say to the person who, who tells you that you do, are doing wrong? That's the way I do it. It's really, that's the way I do it, mm -hmm. you know? I can't, I could do it differently to make you feel better. You want me to do it differently to make you feel better? But that's not really the way that I do it. I do it this way. And why don't you like the way I do it? <laughs> you can be honest. You can tell me. You don't like the way, you don't like the way I'm hitting this, right? You want me to hit it a different way? So what would you do if I told you, you shouldn't be sitting like that, you should sit differently? That's the way you sit, right? Yeah, so why, why, why am I hung up on the way you sit? Why do I think that you're not sitting right? Yeah. So, you know, to, 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 to go down that road mm -hmm. is really creating a lot of obstruction, right? A lot of obstruction for yourself and for other people. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we have to allow people to beat their own drum. You know, we have to allow people to, to know how to beat their drum mm -hmm. in the way that they do it. Now, we live in a society where we have to adhere to certain norms and rules of behavior and things like that mm -hmm. so that we could all get along. You know, but ultimately, the way that you beat your drum is the way you beat your drum. And if I have a problem with that, I should help you by example. I should show you how I beat the drum and maybe, you know, you may think, hey, you know, the way that he does it is, is, is a little bit better than the way that I'm doing. Or my way is still better. I don't care what that kid does. Right? So try not to create, and I do it all the time. You know, we, we need to try to not create obstructions. Right? That don't need to be there. Thank you for your May your life go well. You spoke a lot about, um, not a lot, but you spoke about fear right. in your talk. Yeah. And, um, I can beat lots of drums, I suppose, but I don't even pick up the mallet. Um, what do you 
do when you fear connection because of the way you view yourself? Well, you're, that's creating a gap, right? It is, but the gap itself is creating a buffer so that you kind of, personally, um, I want to reach out. I want to connect with people. Um, I want to pick up the mallet, you know, um, or the cello bow, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's this thing inside of me that says, um, you're not worthy of doing that. You've never been trustworthy. You know, you know why would you even bother? Uh -huh. Because they're just going to think, they're just going to think you're, okay, you're an idiot or something. Right, right. right. And I have this constant, very open, constant fear of of the of authenticity, and so it's very difficult for me. That's my gap. Yeah, you're uh -huh. right. This fear of authenticity, because if I show who I really am, people are going to be like, All "Right, rejection is weird." Yeah, exactly. And I've always been different, um, but. That different that difference was like enlarged, you know, like those statues where things are enlarged to show different awkwardnesses or distortions. Um, that's what it. That's what I, I I look like to myself. So, what do you do with that gap when you're so afraid to reach out and to pick it up and to do it and knowing you could probably do it okay? What, is what do you do? So how do you carry the gap? How do you carry this gap with you? How do I carry how do you, it? How do you, how do you, like you? Well, it's, it's not really, for, you said the past yeah. is the past. Yeah. It's not that easy to let go of for me. Okay. Um, it comes from my past. It comes from people telling me over and over and over again, I can't, I can't, I can't. No, don't do it, don't do it. Uh-huh. You're just gonna look like an idiot, and you are an idiot. And I, I got all kinds of things from <laughs> from my family, <laughs> my um, so-called friends, whatever. But how do you get? There's a how do you bridge that? Okay. I know no gap. Right, right, right. right. No, but yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel that way. Okay. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. Maybe, maybe, maybe this could be a jumping off point, right? Okay. So, and many of you have heard this story. So, there's two monks, right? And they're walking down the road, and they're walking towards a bridge, mm -hmm. and they're gonna cross over the river. Um, so they finally get to the bridge, and they realize that the bridge is, is washed away, mm -hmm. right? So they're going to have to ford across the river. And there's this woman there, standing on the side of the river, crying, right? right? So, um, she asks the monks, can you please help me? Can you please help me get across the river? Can you carry me across the river? I can't make it. My father and brother are sick and I have to go visit them. So one of the monks is like, whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. You know, we're not allowed to touch women. There's just like no way we're going to be able to do that, right? And then the other monk doesn't say anything, just picks her up, carries her across the river, puts her down, and they keep walking, right? So the two monks are, are walking, and 
finally they're walking, you know, a little bit of ways. And finally one monk turns to the other one and he goes, dude, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you carried her. I can't, I can't believe you did that. And, and the other monk looked, at, looked over at, at him and, and he goes, is she heavy? And he's like, who? It's like that woman you've been carrying since the bridge. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the one monk, there was no gap. He saw mm-hmm. someone who needed help. He helped her. Right? The other monk, he was all hung up on the rules and about what people are going to say. This is not allowed. We can't do this. We can't do this. So what are you hung up on? Right? That's keeping you from just picking up the mallet or from just carrying that woman across the river? Like, what's keeping you from doing that? Not being able to do it right the first time. But what's, but we've talked about that a lot. What's right? You know, there's no right way to do anything. There's something in me going, he's wrong. Don't listen to him. (laughs) 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 No, I hear you. And there are, yeah, other voices saying, no, he's right. Listen. this image of myself Uh I think that's what I'm hung up on is this image of myself that may be distorted in one way or another so the image that you have of yourself is not of you know uh, a capable beautiful woman who helps young children who have learning disabilities who is selfless, who barks at people in the zendo when they don't do things right. So <laughs> all the stuff that you do to help, but mm-hmm. the help that's not the image of yourself that you have? I, I don't, that's a gap between how other people see me and how I see myself. No, but that's who you are, right? No. Like that's, like, yeah, have you ever heard the thing when someone shows you who they are, believe, when someone shows you who they are, believe them? You ever mm-hmm. hear that? I haven't, but. Yeah. So you have shown all of us who you are, right? And we see you for who you are, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that that gap that you have. Yeah. Yeah. What are we gonna do about that gap? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess that's my practice, right? Is <laughs> trying to. Diminish that gap. Because how I see myself is not that way for some reason. Hmm. Change how I see myself. And that makes me afraid. Afraid of? Because the way I see myself is very tied to me. You know? But why do you... But do you hold on to that mm-hmm. that gap? Like Roshi talks about that all yes. the time. You know the baggage that we have. He talks to me about that. You can too. love the baggage. <laughs> you, you can hate the baggage. You know, but you know if you have a relationship with the baggage, whether you love it or you hate it, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, mm. you you're, you have a relationship with your baggage. Maybe maybe there's no gap between me and my baggage. Maybe. <laughs> but then, if there's no gap between you and your baggage, then you'd be totally fine. You'd be, you'd be. 
the th- there would be no gap. Yeah, it would just go, like I could go, right? Yeah. Go yeah. That would be a good time to wash your bowls. <laughs> and wash my head. Up in the air, wasn't it? Up in the air. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. All right. I appreciate your answer. Thank you so much. May your life go well. Is that everyone? It's a dog. That's a king. There is no dog. Your chance. <laughs> <laughs> Being immature and insufficient in training, I wasn't expecting to be assigned as head trainee. I feel as if a crime has been committed, which fills the heavens, and there isn't a place on earth for me to hide. I hope there is enough water in the oceans for you to rinse out my words from your 